to another episode of the Agile Weekly Podcast. I'm Clayton Langlesigich. I'm Jade Meskill. And I'm Roy Vandewater. And joining us today uh, is David Foster. Say hi, David. Hi. No, say hi, David. Hi, David. All right. All right. Good job. <laughs> okay, so as usual, it's guest choice for the topic. So uh, we wanted to talk a little bit about kind of what it means to be a senior developer and maybe even more specifically from a manager's point of view, um, how do you maybe define those things and kind of what's the whole process? So, David, this is something that you've been working with uh, for a little bit now. Can you kind of explain uh, maybe where you are and what struggles you've had so far? Yeah, so there's three development managers in our organization, and we've been working on this for the last several months because we recently transitioned from an organization that was definitely more hierarchically driven And we wanted to be able to move into more of a management stance where we're actually empowering the teams and letting the teams making, you know, make decisions on their own, which of course calls into question what is our role as managers. And we kind of look at it as if the team's products are the software that they're actually building and delivering for the product owners, then our product is actually the teams themselves. So what would be our responsibility in helping the teams to be better teams? So... We decided that one of the things that we could do was actually try and set a vision for what we saw as being the the kind of characteristics that a senior developer should have on a team. A senior being defined as somebody that would help with the growth of the team, help with the creation of the team, and making sure that the team is is running well as a team, and they would be kind of a lead in that in that respect. So I think some people would say titles are stupid, and why do you need a senior developer role? Like, you know, what do you say to that? I would probably agree with that from the perspective of having an organization that is completely run by titles, where you're just pigeonholing people into some position and role based on what you've, you know, hired them for. We definitely want to have teams where the teams can organize themselves according to whatever the context is that they find themselves. What is what is the problem that they're trying to solve? So in order to kind of distill that into the you know, what we're looking for, the categories that we came up with or the criteria we came up with were really more along the lines of the kinds of things that we would expect to see from an agile um, team member, not so much as somebody who's just a senior developer as uh, defined by typical enterprise cultures these days where it's like defined by the kinds of things that they do from a skill perspective and the kinds of things that they do from the coding perspective. These are really more of the kinds of skills that we would see in an agile team. What about what about loyalty? Like I feel like senior the title of senior is oftentimes a reward for loyalty. Like I've been with this company for five years. Shouldn't I get some recognition for that? Yeah, so that's that's basically what we find ourselves with in the in the company structure because the company definitely has that from an HR perspective. They definitely have that where the actual salary is banded to a specific kind of a title. So mm. there's a senior level band and that has a salary range that's associated with it. So if you want to actually progress according to the con- company's HR department, then you have to be able to fit within these bands. And so that's kind of a constraint that we had as a management team. It's like, okay, we want to be able to have a fairly frat, a flat hierarchy where we're not really telling the teams what to do. We're not really acting in the traditional role of a manager. The teams can decide for themselves but we still have to be able to help them along with a career path within this organization that is still hierarchical. Um, uh, Jay, I was going to ask you, we, we've never really had a big you know, hierarchical situation or really big on, big on titles at all. Um, do you think that ever had a negative impact with Enneagram? 
Um, you know, it's something that we discussed a lot when we were first starting the company, and we tried really hard to map people into all these different levels, and it just got so confusing and so hard that we decided to throw it out the window and say, like, who needs this crap? We're, we're going to do this totally differently. Um, as far as did it cause any problems with the organization, uh, I think it caused problems for individuals who were looking for that recognition. Uh, either they wanted it on their resume or for their ego or whatever it is that wanted to be called a senior developer. Um, as from, from the actual organization standpoint, I don't think it caused us any problems. Uh, you, you guys were there. What do you think? Yeah, I vaguely remember, like I remember interacting with a few people while I was still an intern and that I was uh, at first somewhat treated a little bit less as an intern and I know somebody else who considered themselves a junior developer. And I don't think anybody in the organization would have said like, oh, this title is junior developer. But I remember that being kind of interesting because I remember acting not like an intern and it very quickly stopped. I, I, I was no longer treated like an intern. Like I still had a lack of knowledge and I, I, I had, you know, the, the amount of knowledge as an intern. I just acted a little bit more confidently. And I think that was kind of interesting to see that he was still stuck in the, the, the junior developer role and like couldn't get himself out of that to step out. Like, I, I don't know, like Jay did, I think you know who I'm talking about. Like, did he actually is, have... Is this the person that became our senior intern? Yes, that's okay. right. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, was that like a self-assigned title or like how did that... Yeah, very much so. I mean, I, I think he mentally assumed the role of intern, right? Instead right. of instead of imagining himself as co-equal with the rest of his team. Because I see that as one of the big problems with titles is like you put yourself in the box. Like, David, we, we have had this interaction with a, with a few different people... Um, where somebody says, like, oh, this is my title. Like, I shouldn't be doing this other stuff. Like, even though I am passionate about it and I think it should be done, that's not me. Like, that's not my title. I shouldn't be doing that. Yeah, we, we were definitely running into that. So uh, we know that by actually going this route, which is a complete change from what, you know, existed before, that there's going to definitely be a, a major friction created by this. And we expect that we're going to have people that are going to just be completely uncomfortable by this. Because when we actually show these categories or these uh, classific um, these criteria that we would expect from one of these developers, they're not oriented along the ways that they're used to. You know, I just want a checklist. It's not going to be like that. It's really going to be, these are the kinds of things we're looking for out of, uh, you know, a senior level developer. And we expect you to figure out and set your own goals for how you're actually going to achieve these things that you may be lacking. And, you know, that is definitely different. So we don't really know what that means in terms of, like, how many people are going to be uncomfortable with that. But just like you said, Roy, we've had some people that have already kind of butted up against that. It's like, we're empowering you to make decisions. We're empowering you to, you know, find solutions for yourself. And there are people that are really uncomfortable with, you know, stepping out of their box, their prescribed box that they've been given. And uh, so it's definitely going to create some friction. Yeah, that was one thing when, you know, I've worked in jobs that have much like a traditional hierarchical organization. And one thing that was nice about having all those like hierarchies was that you knew what was expected to go to the next thing. And sometimes it was very cut and dry. And I think that's one thing that's difficult if you have a very flat structure. It's hard to know what you need to do to improve. And so even like most people, I don't think, have the self-awareness to realize where they are deficient and or where they maybe could be more valuable if they were to do certain things. And so I think that's something, you know, at least the, the stuff that you've been talking about so far that I've liked about the way you guys are trying to define what it means to be a senior developer is that those things are very, like, tangible things that I think you could grow towards. Or if you looked at one of the requirements and said, I don't really understand what it means to do X, Y, Z, 
I think you and the rest of the management team could say, oh, here are some, you know, like maybe more fine-grained details about what it means to do those things. I think that could be very helpful for people who want to actually um, grow in their career. I think I think it's important, though, that there aren't step-by-step instructions, right? Because if you have step-by-step instructions, anybody could follow it. And at first, that kind of sounds like a good thing. But, like, you need part of what you're looking for as somebody who is in a lead position or whatever is a mindset and a uh, self-awareness that you can't get. Like, if you tell somebody, like, just do the grind, like, follow these steps, kill kill 300 boars in the forest, and you'll be level, level whatever, 12, right? And then you then we'll give you your salary increase. Like, that's not necessarily, like, that shows that somebody is willing to, like, throw themselves against a wall for however long, but that doesn't necessarily show, like, that they have self-awareness and leadership ability and uh, an understanding of what's going on. And, like, that, that insight to right. be able to figure out how to personally improve themselves towards these values is very important. So, so how is personal improvement tied to compensation? Difficultly. Mm. So one of the things that, so we have a, at a very high level, what we're looking at is we don't really have any junior developers. We, we really have like senior level developers and then we have mid-level and then we have what are called principals, which are kind of above a senior level developer. And when you're talking about these titles, are you talking about people who have these titles or people who actually fit these roles? Yeah, I would say that people that are in those titles, they're in those job bands. Okay. I would not say that these are people that are actually necessarily in those roles as we're trying to define them now. So if you kind of think of like a mid-level would be somebody who's, you know, in general is somebody who's a really good member of the team. They're definitely a contributing member of the team. They definitely work well with the team. And they're learning how to be a more productive member of a team environment. The senior would be somebody who's actually able to help the team grow. They're, you know, they're helping to nurture the team. They're helping to grow the team, working with the product management or the product owner to really help make the team be more productive. And then they're able to um, perhaps even go and create a new team, start a new team. We, we take an individual that is actually operating at a senior level and actually say, okay, we're going to build a new team around you because you definitely understand those principles. And then a principal would be somebody who would be helping to foster the creation of maybe multiple teams. So that's kind of how we're looking at that. So compensation would be tied probably more towards those levels of activities. So what happens if you come across someone who's really great at uh, getting the team to be cohesive, to be effective, but they're not strong technically. That is a team problem, and that we would expect the team to try and figure that out. Um, and how they figure that out, we're not really sure because we haven't had you know we haven't had a team empowered yet enough to actually address that. We definitely have that problem with some of the teams, but the teams have to be able to ferret out what that means for them. And do they want to just con- you know shelter somebody and keep them going along, or do they actually want to confront the issue and actually make some changes? Well, what if it's not important that they're strong technically? Like the team's good enough to take care of that. They're really great at getting people to work together and assemble and you know do do all the things that you need to do. That sounds valuable to me. It sounds to me like if the team feels that this person is a is contributing a ton of value, maybe they don't have that much technical experience. Like maybe they should be made aware and that they know that that's an area of improvement. But well, I think this is an example. I think like the personal like performance and performance reviews and all that stuff. There are people that are maybe exploring self-organizing teams or doing things differently or having a flatter um, organizational structure. But then it's like the same thing with facilities, right? You try and do all this new stuff, and then you go to HR, and they are operating in a much different capacity. Mm-hmm. And for as much as I think the Agile community tries to shoehorn Agile stuff into HR, maybe it just doesn't fit. And so like this example you're giving, Jade, 
I think that is a totally reasonable thing. So why, like, why wouldn't you be able to set the compensation or to have that person on the team? But I think the answer is because they don't fit into, you know, software developer level one tier three category. So you don't know how much to pay them. And so like you're trying to use this antiquated system to figure all this stuff out. And maybe you should just not worry about that. Right. But that's hard to do. It's like you can't just tell facilities, I'm going to kick down the cube walls (laughs) because someone's going to freak out because that's not how they operate. Yeah. Yeah, I think it's a big challenge, you know, especially as we look at uh, compensation. Uh, individual compensation has direct repercussions on your behavior on a team, mm-hmm. right? And so it gets very complicated very quickly as you start to muddle those things together. Right? It gets re- it gets really weird too because sometimes you think you are rewarding a good behavior. You're rewarding a good outcome that can lead to some really bad behaviors. Yeah. Well, so, so like the most radical example of maybe fixing that problem would be where you, you know, the team has some salary budget and you basically just tell the team, here's your budget and you divide it among yourselves. Yeah. Right. The, you know, there's people that do that. Right. And which is a very scary thing. I mean, even for, you know, smaller organizations that usually doesn't fly. I think when it comes to payroll and compensation, those things are so stuck in the old way of doing things. It's very taboo. You know, and so, yeah, exactly. It's taboo. I mean, can you imagine if you took the average kind of corporate scrum team, even if they were pretty good self-organizing team and you said, here's everyone's salary and you, you know, feel free to move everyone up and down on the slider according to where the team thinks they are. Right. I mean, I can't even imagine doing that. I mean, we're, we're pretty progressive and pretty crazy and we've not, you know, even touched that issue. Yeah. I think every time it comes (laughs) talked about bringing it up, yeah, exactly. We keep, we keep switching uh, over to something else. And it's crazy too. Cause like from a, from like a logical perspective, it doesn't even make sense. Like who cares how much, like, like the idea, uh, and I don't know if it's an American culture thing or a world culture thing, but like you are never supposed to talk about how much you make, and you are never supposed to bring that up with other people, and you're not supposed to know how much other people make, and if you do find it out, you keep it to your like. Wh- why is that such a cultural thing? That sounds like another. It sounds like another topic. Yeah. <laughs> All right, fair enough. <laughs> but it, may, it may kind of underscores the fact that some of this stuff gets into territory where we don't act super rationally about things, which makes it even harder, right? Yeah. All right, well, I think we're about out of time. David, do you have any parting thoughts or uh, anything you'd like to leave behind? If someone, There's another person maybe in your uh, position who's considering doing something. Did you have any advice for that person? Yeah, the, the simplest advice I, I could give is just figure out a way to get yourself out of the mix with the teams. I mean, it's a really hard thing as a manager to want to go in and, and mess with things and to toy with things, and the sooner you can get yourself out of that, the better off the teams will be in being able to form. So, Great. Cool. Thanks. Thanks. Thank you. If there's something you'd like to hear in a future episode, head over to integrumtech.com slash podcast, where you can suggest a topic or a guest. Looking for an easy way to stay up to date with the latest news, techniques, and events in the Agile community? Sign up today at agileweekly.com. It's the best Agile content delivered weekly for free. The Agile Weekly podcast is brought to you by Integrum Technologies and recorded at Gangplank Studios in Chandler, Arizona. For old episodes, check out integrumtech.com or subscribe on iTunes. Need help with your Agile transition? Have a question and need to phone a friend? Try calling the Agile Hotline. It's free. Call 866-244-8656.